This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Have you noticed that there's seemingly a lot of talk out there these days about loneliness, about people being lonely, lack of connection or disconnection amongst friends, family members, peer groups. I don't know if this is just me, and I'd love for you to weigh in on this. You can email me, scott at cknw.com, or you can text 331-BUZZ. That's the buzz line you can call there, leave a voicemail, or, or just, yeah, shoot a text. But I'd love to know, are you lonely? Are you experiencing loneliness? Because I'm seeing articles and blog posts and social media stuff just about how like loneliness is becoming... Um, more prevalent. And I think it has a lot to do with the fact that we're online more, we're busier, people are just at this rapid stage of life. And loneliness is a thing that people are experiencing. There's a really great article in the New York Times that was written about uh, the epidemic of loneliness. And I thought that this would be an interesting conversation to have. So uh, please welcome Pete Bombacci. I hope I'm saying that right, Pete. He is the founder of the Gen Well Project. Good morning, Pete. How are you? I'm great, Scott, and you got that perfect, so thanks very much. Okay, great. I'm glad to know it. Let's start right here. <laughs> Can you explain to me or, or explain to us what is the GenWell Project? Well, the GenWell Project is Canada's human connection movement, and since 2016, we've been working to educate, empower, and catalyze Canadians around the importance of their social health and its impact on their mental and physical well-being. Okay, that sounds good. And so, like, this obviously has to do with uh, exactly what we're talking about here, right? Like, loneliness, connection, disconnection. H- has there been um, an uptick or, or like, a gr- growth in loneliness? Or is it just that me or other people like yourself are just more aware of it? Well, it's a really great comment, Scott. You know, at the end of the day, loneliness has been around. Uh, Dr. Robert, uh, Put- uh, Robert Putnam you know, wrote a book at the end of the 90s called Bowling Alone, that really has shown that, you know, since about the mid 60s, we've been increasingly disconnected as a society. I think what happened is a global pandemic came along and all of a sudden this disconnection became very real because, uh, you know, pre-pandemic, so many of our habits and rituals each day had us around people. It didn't mean we felt connected, but we were around people. And so the pandemic was the real wake-up call. And I think that's why, as we come out of the global pandemic, we're starting to recognize that when you rip people out of each other's lives for two years, now we're recognizing the devastating impact that it can have on both our mental and our physical well-being. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, I have tons of questions there as well around like, you know, the the physical implications, because I think that's yeah. something that we kind of take for granted. But, you know, we, we keep mentioning this word connection and, and being sort of around people. And I'm sure you're familiar with the, the New York Times article that I sort of mentioned about, you know, the lifespan of loneliness and how how prevalent this is this is becoming. But one of my questions is. What's the difference between being around people and connecting with people? Because, yeah, I, I, like I'm around people all the time, yet I still sometimes feel lonely, you know, and feel like I don't have the same connections with some of the guys that I hang out with versus some of the guys that I grew up with. Is there a distinction there? 
Absolutely, Scott. And I think, you know, everything you just vo uh, uh, voiced is is you're human, like all of us. You know, we can be physically isolated, which I think most of us understand. And oftentimes we think about it in the context of a senior who may have lost loved ones who, or who may be physically isolated from people because they live alone and all those other things that uh, could happen to somebody as they get older. What I think we're talking about and what I think the world is truly waking up to now is a lack of belonging. So you can be in a crowd, you can be in an office, you can be in a classroom, you can be in your own home, you can be on your street, and you can think differently, act differently, sound different, you know, so many ways in which we can feel disconnected from other people. I, you know, share a personal story. I lost my dad when I was 13, and I felt, I felt disconnected from other people because I always felt like I was the kid without a dad. And so we can have this, you know, if we lose a job, we get divorced, you know, we have financial pressure, so many things. This isn't about physical isolation and it never has been, but that's how people understood it. And I think this is the wake up call that we're all having on the other side of the pandemic. Yeah, absolutely. And another really interesting thing that I've sort of brought up and tried to tried to figure out is. You know, like there's so much online connection, you know, like I, I've yeah. kept up with, I'm at this stage where, you know, I'm 42. And so, you know, uh, had 20 year, 10 year high school reunion, 20 year high school reunion. And in so many cases, I'm like realizing, oh, I, I know everything that's going on in all of these people's lives because of social media. And because of that, I feel aware of what is happening in my community and aware of what is happening in the people's lives in my community. But that's it's not connection either. And I think we sort of get that confused. It's like, oh, I'm, I know what's going on. I feel in touch, but it's not, it's like not, it, that it's almost worse, right? Because we think we're getting this thing and it, it's not a replacement for actual human connection. Well, Scott, you just said it all. We often say that, you know, digital connectivity is a great supplement to human interaction. But when we start to think that it can replace it, I think that's where the, the challenges come. When we think of social media, that passive connectivity can lead to a greater sense of loneliness when we turn off the phone and we recognize that we spent the last three hours passively engaging, but that we are still alone on the other side of that time. I think an interesting thing during the global pandemic, there was a study that was done even about, uh, you know, digital connection through, I'll say, Zoom or Skype or uh, Microsoft Teams, whatever platform you're using. And the brain activity face to face is nine times as much as when we're on that digital connection. So even when we've thought that we've replaced some forms of connection with other people with a digital platform, the reality is we all need human connection. And this is what we've been driving for for the last seven years at the Genwell Project is to help people understand these facts because we've educated people on exercise for 50 years. We've educated people on eating well for 80 years. We talked about sleep and water and don't drink too much and don't smoke, but we've never articulated about social health and social connection. And that's the wake up call. And that's why we're trying to build Canada's human connection movement. Yeah. Okay. So you mentioned like the exercise thing. We've educated people and we've educated ourselves on that. No one doubts that. Right. But yeah, yeah. even still, even though we have uh, physical repercussions from loneliness, loneliness is still this thing that is it, like you say, it feels kind of lagging, but maybe talk about that. How our mental health and our social, uh, our social health affects our physical health. Like you were mentioning earlier. 
Well, yeah, I think naturally we all think of mental health issues like anxiety or depression that can come from a lack of connection. It can also lead to uh, early onset dementia. But when we think about the physical health impacts, it can increase your risk of heart disease, a type 2 diabetes. It's certainly addiction and suicide, obesity. So when we, we really understand what loneliness does to us, when we have chronic or persistent loneliness, that increases inflammation in the body. And that inflammation can really lead to just about every type of illness that we face. But I will throw one thing out there, Scott. Loneliness is not a mental health issue. And I think what we need to do is better understand loneliness. Loneliness is no different than eating or drinking when we're hungry or thirsty. It's your body and your brain saying to you, you need social connection. So we, not, we need to start putting this conversation in the context of, hey, we all can feel disconnected from other people. We can all feel that sense of loneliness. And if we take action early enough, if we go and get a coffee, if we go for a walk to the dog park, if we go and talk to a neighbor, if we go and call an old friend or an old colleague, all these things are step to help, steps to helping us address loneliness before we have a mental or physical health issue. And that that's really about the swimming upstream and saying, look, if we can educate society like we have on physical activity and eating well, I think we can address so much of this challenge because people are more apt to say, oh, my God, this isn't an issue. This is just my body and my brain telling me I need to call up Scott and go for a coffee. Yeah, man, that I like. I love what you're saying. You're hitting the nail right on the head. It's almost this like uh, uh, an ounce of prevention versus a pound of cure thing. But one of the one thing sort of occurred to me, and again, I've been I'm quite open about this. I've been talking about these type of things in therapy and and that type of thing for a long time. Why is there? Maybe you can speak to this, Pete. Why is there this idea that if I reach out? to somebody in my life, one of my friends or somebody I grew up with and, and say, Hey, like, I'm, I'm kind of lonely. Do you, can we, and you don't have to say it like that, obviously, but Hey, could we grab a coffee? Could we grab a beer that there, there's this perception that, uh, stoicism or the ability to be independent is viewed as a strength and the need to be around people can be viewed as a weakness. Does, do you feel that? Is that just me? And it's this, that feels like this incredible wall to climb. Yeah, I think there's a lot of anxiousness out there about fear of rejection or, you know, maybe even a little social anxiety coming out of the global pandemic. But what the research really does validate is that we all underestimate or overestimate how much people we think people don't want to talk to us when in actual fact as a social spe species most people are more than happy to engage in a conversation old friends strangers neighbors. So what I think we need to, and this is again, and I hate to keep banging the drum, Scott, but no, this is why do. we're trying please to do. Yeah. We're, we're trying to build a national movement here that gives everybody permission to call up that old friend, to talk to that neighbor they haven't spoken to one door or two doors or three doors up the street or in the condo. You know, we're trying to give people the information and the facts that actually say, and the one I throw out, we just finished a Talk to a Stranger Week. We've been telling people for 50 years not to talk to strangers when the research shows mm. that that increases your optimism, happiness, trust you know, community, sense of belonging, reduced sense of loneliness. Why are we telling people not talk to strangers? And so there's so many little tidbits in this information. Uh, 
Dr. Keith Ricard out of Simon Fraser University is leading the research that's developing the Canadian Social Connection Guidelines. He's also the chair of the Genwell Project Scientific Advisory Panel. Those guidelines will be coming out by the end of this year, which will now give every Canadian the real facts and information to say, hey, you need to be taking this information far more seriously. And when we are all aware of this, when we all recognize that we are in this conversation together, I think it will make it easier for people to reach out and say, and, and again, to your point, Scott, you don't need to reach out and say, hey, I'm really lonely, Scott. Can we go for a coffee? It's recognizing, hey, Scott, you want to go for a coffee? Because we all benefit from human connection. Let's shift it from a crisis mentality to a positive, proactive one, as you said earlier, because when we all recognize we're in this together, it makes it easier for everybody. Yeah, absolutely. And like, it's enjoyable. Like, who doesn't want to have a, a drink yeah. with an old friend, right? Like, it's not like it's a hard thing to convince me to get together with, with an old friend. Uh, Pete Bombacci, he is the founder and executive director of the Gen Well Project. GenWellProject.org. It's Gen with a G, like generation. GenWellProject.org. Tons of information and resources there. And also, like, a really important and really accessible conversation that I think is relevant to so many people. Thanks so much, Pete. And I'd love to have you back and talk again because this is something that I feel and I know a lot of people relate to and can feel. So um, thanks again for your time and for the work that you're doing. And uh, I hope to talk with you again. Ask God, thank you, because it's these conversations that awaken a world to this, this important message. So thank you to you for having us on.